This is episode number one, two, six, with founder and CEO of Palm Organics, Alex Herrera. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, lifestyle entrepreneur and fitness trainer. My goal is for you to gain more clarity on what the best version of yourself looks like, what the best version of yourself is capable of, and then to give you the tools, tips, and inspiration on how to make that person a reality. Today, I bring you Alex Herrera, who is the founder and CEO of Palm Organics, a leader in zero THC CBD products. Alex worked in finance for over 20 years, but saw this gap in the CBD industry that he and his wife wanted to fill. In this episode, you're gonna learn about what CBD is. You're gonna learn about all the different kinds of products you can take and why you should take which particular ones. You'll learn about how to determine whether or not you can trust a CBD brand. We get into entrepreneurship, the importance of customer service, and knowing when to or not to delegate a specific part of your business operations to an outside source. And Alex is kind enough to give the listeners of the Best You Podcast 20% off your entire order. I'm super pumped about this because I've already tried some of their products and I absolutely love them. Just go to palmorganics.com and use code BESTYOU at checkout to get 20% off. Again, it's palmorganics.com, that's P-A-L-M-O-R-G-A-N-I-X, and use code BESTYOU. I'd recommend you try out the energy drink mix for your pre-workout. It's absolutely amazing and tastes great. You entrepreneurs out there, you goal setters, business leaders, and basically anyone who wants to execute on their goals, you have got to hear about Chris McChesney's Strategy Execution Workshops. Chris McChesney, author of The Four Disciplines of Execution and former guest of this show, puts on full day workshops teaching people how to execute on their wildly important goals. The next workshop is down in Palm Beach, Florida on January 14th, and I will be attending this one myself and I cannot wait. I know it's gonna be a game changer for me and my business, and I don't want you to miss out on this offer either. By using the code BESTYOU, you can get a huge discount on your ticket to this once in a lifetime event. Just go to www.ompevents.com and you can find that link in this episode's show notes to learn all about it and get your ticket today. January 14th down in Palm Beach, Florida, get down there to learn about how you can level up your business and execute on your goals. Make sure when you're listening to this episode, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at carrier underscore best you and tag at Palm Organics and let us know your favorite part and let us know what you learned about CBD that you had not yet known before. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on getting closer to the best version of yourself today with Alex Herrera. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I have one of the more more unique episodes that I have released now on this show, and I've never talked about this idea or this this uh, this product before, this product line before. I don't know why I'm at a loss for words right now, but I have Alex Herrera with me, the CEO and founder of Palm Organics, which is a leader in zero THC CBD products. Well, Alex, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. Hey, Nick. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like I said, we haven't actually ever interviewed anybody who has a CBD background before. And before going into the interview, I didn't really have too much of my own CBD education and I'm still very limited, but just of what I've done for my research. So I'm super excited to get into all of the education behind it. And, but I want to start today a little bit more about you because I know that as we spoke beforehand, you were a financial service, financial services professional, um, and you're a serial entrepreneur and an investor. And basically the way you got into this is because you saw the space and you saw the opportunity for it in the CBD space. And your wife has a medical background and you thought that it would be a great idea to invest in. 
and you started looking for different people, different businesses out there that you could invest in, but you didn't really quite find the right fit of the, the maybe the exact person, the exact business model or whatever it was, for whatever reason, you couldn't find the right fit to invest. So you're like, I just want to create this thing my, for myself. But what I want to ask is what was like the trigger point of now I'm committed, I'm 100% doing this thing because obviously there was kind of, you know, you have to figure out whether you want to do it or not. But when was like the trigger point and what sparked the I'm committed, let's go? So that's a, you know no one's asked me that question before. So that was actually a, it's a terrific question, and your 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 knowledge of how I got into it is spot on. And I think for me it was it was the moment where I saw that hey there are people out here selling a lot of CBD that are lacking in you know great management skills running a business, and they're not in educating and informing the clients, and they're not offering a really high quality product. Like I think people run businesses and start businesses for the wrong reason. You know they look at you know, how, how much money can you make? And, and I always approach things differently. Like I said, let's work from, let's work backwards. Let's, let's go out and find really high quality product. And then let's build a business around that, which I think is a better business model. So, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I just truly can't find the opportunity for whatever reason, management or product, and we're going to do it ourselves. And I, I guess, you know, basically, you know, making a phone call and saying, I'm starting an LLC, we're going and opening a bank account. Yeah. So did you have to figure out where you were going to get the CD, CBD from or maybe like how you were going to be able to produce that high quality product? And then it was like, once I found that out, then I'm starting. Yeah. So there, there's, you know, as you know, there's well into the thousands of brands out there. And, and so the first step in the process, Nick, was, okay, who are, who are the five super high quality suppliers of industrial hemp? And you can narrow it down really to five, you know, five large groups that, that sell the ultra high quality, um, hemp, you know, cause we have to be careful because your product is only as good as the hemp that you are using to make the product. So if you're out there and you're saying I'm buying my hemp from, um, Europe or I'm buying my hemp from Asia, those products are known to be inconsistent in both THC and also inconsistent in CBD levels. So, you know, we narrowed it down to a group out of Colorado called uh, Foley and Biosciences. They are the largest fully integrated um, supplier of industrial hemp, literally from seed to finished product. Um, and we decided on them as our choice. But I'll tell you, Nick, the biggest reason we picked them, because there are other really high quality brands, the reason we chose them as our supplier is because they offered not a 0.3% THC. They offered a completely zero THC, non-detectable, is there's no psychoactive negative side effects in our product. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the, the tipping point for choosing Folium, is that we wanted to go with a brand that would be zero THC, a mom would feel comfortable giving it to their child, a person with religious beliefs, people in the military, police officers, nobody had to have any concerns about getting high or failing a drug test. Yeah, no, I like that. I want to, I still want to stay on this decision a little bit because, so you had this successful career beforehand, right? And in terms of money, you didn't necessarily need to do probably a whole lot more, but you still are kind of taking on this risk of completely changing your job, completely changing your field of work and going into this kind of un, un uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The unestablished industry kind of, you know, your relatively unestablished industry at this point. What allows you to be able to take on that risk? You know, it's funny you say that. One of the things I had the most uh, anxiety, personal anxiety was, is I had my LinkedIn profile on LinkedIn for, you know, 15 years, 12 years, whatever, a long time. And it said, you know, financial services person. And, and I'm now month two into the CBD world. And then actually pulling the trigger and ripping my headline off and saying, 
you know, CBD industry underneath my tagline was like a really, you know, it was, it was changing my identity, you know, like right. who I was. And, um, you know, I, I felt that we could build a high quality product. My wife was a big instrumental push in the business. She has a medical background, as you mentioned. She was in, you know, she's a health policy degree and she worked with uh, terminal patients and she worked in nursing homes. And she was like, this could be something really exciting that we could do together, build a business, hire some people to work with us and really, really get, um, you know, get some, some satisfaction out of it. You know, I, was a, I, I started using the product. I had some pain issues myself and I started using the product and I was amazed at how well CBD worked. And, and I was amazed to know that, wow, this is a plant. It's not uh, addictive. You can't overdose. You can't take too much. It's just like an amazing, amazing product that has, you know, been stereotyped as marijuana. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So I want to do now I kind of want to get into a little bit more of the kind of CBD education and stuff. And I kind of want to take it from plant to kind of to your body. So the way I want to start is basically CBD is short for cannabis oil, which is and, and stop me or correct me if I if I mess up, but I'm pretty sure I had the research down. So CBD is short for cannabis oil, which is a cannabinoid cannabinoid molecule, one of many found in a cannabis plant. What is special about this molecule that allows it to be beneficial to us? Okay, great. So yeah, you do you do have your uh, your ducks in a row. So so let's start. Let's let's take a step back. So you have you have the cannabis plant, and the cannabis plant has two species, right? Two predominant species. It has marijuana as species one, and it has industrial hemp or hemp as as the other product. They both have uh, numerous cannabinoids, and they have flavonoids and terpenes. The main difference between the two plants is that hemp inherently has low levels of THC. It still has THC, but it has low levels. So THC is the component associated with marijuana that gets you high, right? Okay. Uh, so THC is high in marijuana plant, and it's it's low. It's it's considerably lower in the hemp plant. And so, you know, but they look alike. They smell alike. They they you would be you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference without doing a you know chemical makeup test on them. So okay. hemp plant is the preferred plant for CBD sales in the finished product because you have to reduce in order. So I'll stop there and say that in order for CBD to be sold legally, federally, and throughout the country, it must contain less than 0.3% THC. Okay. So it's much easier to get to 0.3% THC with hemp than it is with marijuana. Okay. So hemp is the more popular uh, choice of plant. And the plants both have, you know, what is, I, I'm always very careful how I phrase this because the product is not FDA approved, but it is believed that the, the way it works is that the, it's a phytocannabinoid, right? So it's, a, the hemp plant is a phytocannabinoid and the body, my body, your body, all mammal, all mammals bodies have an endocannabinoid system. So from high school biology class, we're taking a phyto, a plant, a phytocannabinoid, and you're introducing it to the body that has an endocannabinoid system, and it's think of it as, as this plant is supercharging the body's ability to heal itself, and the body wants to be put into a state of homeostasis or balance. So the phytocannabinoid is ingested and is taken into the system, and it makes the body, uh, it reacts with the body's inter internal endocannabinoid system to do self-healing. Now, what are, what are some of the reasons people take CBD? They're taking it for, to promote, uh, you know, positive mood, uh, inflammation, uh, promote a good night's sleep, joint flexibility, mobility, et cetera. But that's, that's the premise of how CBD works. Okay. Gotcha. And so basically you extract the CBD oil from the plant 
And then I guess you bring it to a, a facility and then there the THC is extracted from it. So the brand that we chose, yeah. So yeah, so the plant is harvested, it's dried, and then they have to pull out the uh, the CBD components and the terpenes and flavonoids. And there's a couple different methods they use. The, most, the more popular one is a supercritical CO2 compression, which consists of extreme temperatures and, and pressure. And they pull the valuable oils and flavonoids and terpenes out of the plant. Okay. Right. So that's how they, how they take it from there. And then from there, it's a fin- then they got to turn into a finished product, whether it's a tincture, a soft gel, a gummy, et cetera. Okay. Gotcha. And that's kind of where I wanted to go next. There are so many of these different types of products and you guys sell tinctures, gummies, the energy drink that you talked about, topical soft gels, and you have that pet product. Now I kind of want to run down kind of that list a little bit and have you break down which condi- or why people should use which one for what particular reason, like for what condition they might have or like what you might recommend to them. So let's go ahead and start with the most popular one, with the best-selling one, which is tinctures. So again, just to kind of rephrase it, why should people be taking this product to treat what particular condition? Okay, so that question you asked me, we, you know, we have a retail facility and that's a question people ask all the time. They'll say, you know, I'm trying to improve my sleep. Should I take this or that? Or my leg hurts, should I take this or that? So I'll start by saying that the CBD is in every product that we sell. It's a question of the delivery mechanism. And then, but there are advantages and disadvantages to taking different types. So for example, the most thing, most popular item we sell is the tincture. So the reason the tinctures are the most popular CBD product on the market is because they're the second or one of the fastest acting ways to deliver CBD into the system. So Vape, which is now very controversial, we never carried vape, we never sold vape, but vape was the fastest way to get CBD into your system. One of the, the second or up there in the chart is tinctures. So people like tinctures because they, they provide a lot of quick relief. Now, I would tell you that from experience that it seems like those that are looking for relief from stress and anxiety or those that are looking for relief from migraines or sleep or the mental side of the equation, they tend to prefer the tinctures because they're, I believe so, because they're faster acting. They don't last quite as long as a soft gel, but it's a preferred, you know, by just sales, by telling you from my sales, people with the in relief of anxiety and stress and um, those type of issues are always preferring the tinctures because they're fast acting. Mm. Uh, that's, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. All right, um, next one, gummies. Again, kind of same thing. Yeah, so gummies, I think, was the most searched word or one of the most searched words last night, last year on the, on the internet for CBD. So yeah. It's something like 50, you know, zillion searches a month. Um, gummies, gummies, although they are highly popular, um, I don't think that gummies would be what I would choose first for, you know, if I walked in and said I'm having chronic arthritis, I don't think that the gummy would be my number one selection for, um, for to try to alleviate some pain and stress. But I would say that it's a great way to round out CBD on a day. Okay. So it might be the second product I would choose to supplement a tincture or a soft gel, for example. Yeah. And so one thing I didn't really kind of leave space for in the question is that there are just different ways to take it. It could just be a preferable method. You know what I mean? Like some people just want to have a gummy instead of instead of putting a tincture um, under their under their tongue. And then Nick would like, and like you said, under your tongue. So, you know, gum, tinctures are taken sublingually. Some people just don't like the idea of holding an oil-based product under your tongue for two minutes. They just don't like it. Right. And so that, that's just an option that it's not, it doesn't exist for them. Yeah. And that's why I thought it because like, 
everybody or so many people like to eat gummies, which is why it was probably like the first or second most word searched last year. So obviously that's going to be a probably a pretty popular one too. So you also talked about how is it relatively new the energy drink or the the powder? Yeah. So the energy drink is is uh, we've had it probably for say I'd say six months. It's extremely okay. popular. So. Now, one of the things that we always tell people is the average person tends to do well with 25 milligrams of CBD a day. So okay. the energy drink, uh, and I'll tell you, you know, it, it's, it's nano emulsion technology it means you drink it, you're absorbing all of the uh, benefits of the CBD. It mixes into a water bottle. It's got a nice fruit berry taste to it. Um, and people are taking it. I would say if you ask me to stereotype what people like this product the most, it's the workout community. It's the guys who are taking it before they work out. And after they work out or either or, and then it's also for the guy who's looking to replace that four o'clock cup of coffee because our energy drinks are 12 and a half milligrams of CBD, but they also have 75 milligrams of caffeine. I think the normal Mm. cup of coffee is 90, so it's slightly less than a cup of coffee, but it gives you a nice calming effect with a little bit of energy. Um, People use it, you know, CBD's main properties are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. So the workout crowd, obviously they're working out, they're spinning on a bicycle, they're sore. They kind of want to have some, you know, some ways to help their body recover. So they, they're, that's a big crowd that likes CBD. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because like, like you said, it kind of has a calming effect, but also a, like an energetic aspect to it. So what have what people's feedback been like in terms of kind of how that mix feels? Yeah, they ask that question. Well, it doesn't make any sense. CBD is supposed yeah. to calm you down, right? And then you take it into caffeine. But actually, it's very similar to like, you finish working out and you're kind of like exhausted from working out your whole body sore. It kind of gives you like, you're going to hopefully have that relief of your, your, your muscles, anti-inflammatory. And it gives you a little bit of energy when you're just, you know, you finish working out for an hour and you're just exhausted. Yeah. So, okay. You know, I always tell people don't take this at night if you're trying to sleep though, obviously, right? Like you want a cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Good deal. So, and then uh, what I have heard next one is going to be topicals and that's a little bit more targeted treatment, right? That can be pretty good for yeah, so they are a fabulous choice for people that are suffering from, like you said, I couldn't have said it better, targeted relief. So you have a, you know, you have carpal tunnel, you have a, a bad left knee, you know, your shoulder hurts. This is a great product that you don't have to ingest anything. You don't eat it. You're just basically applying it topically to what hurts you. Um, and that is one of the faster acting products that we sell. I mean, we sell that. I can't tell you how many times in the store we people will come in and we say, yeah, we you know, we sample everything. So you want to try it? Sure. And they'll try it and they'll say, well, let me, let me, let me walk around a little while and I'll come back if it works. And you know, they come back to it. It does seem to work very quickly. And the trick that we've noticed with topicals is the more that you rub it in, the more it penetrates, the quicker it penetrates through the skin. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. I feel like, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people that listen to my podcast are, are fitness people for sure. So this is definitely going to be good information for them. And I know people all the time who have knee problems, shoulder, shoulder things that aren't necessarily injuries. It's just kind of joint pain. So it'd be great for them to be able to try that out. All right. So I do want to get into, you have a pet product. So, and I obviously had ever, so many people are dog lovers, cat lovers and all that kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about, um, I guess first educate people why, it will work the same for their pet. And then again, what application they should use it for yeah. their pet. So your dog, your cat, your, your horse, all mammals have, you know, just like you and I, Nick, have uh, an endocannabinoid system. So they have the same uh, system in their body. And so predominantly we sell, uh, I would call it more for dogs and for cats, but we sell for cats. So people are giving their pets CBD and actually a lot of vets are recommending to pet owners to go out and try to find a high quality CBD. 
Um, and the main two reasons that people are searching for CBD are the dog has one of two things. It's, uh, it's generally the separation anxiety. Like you're going to work and the dog goes bonkers because he's freaked out. He's left alone. You come home to the couch half eaten, yeah. etc. And then the other would be, um, as they get older, they're having some issues with mobility, right? So, mm. but I will tell you what's super important for the dog, the dog and pet owners are listening to this podcast is THC in any levels in animals is a real, real no, no. So like if you're mm. going to do um, a CBD for your pet, I would stay away from any brand that has any THC, even if it's 0.3 and it's legal pets don't do well with, you know, with, uh, uh, with THC. And that comes from the vets and the vets that are in the industry have studied it. So, and, and also another rule of thumb for your listeners, they recommend two milligrams of CBD per 25 pounds of pet. So if you have a 25 pound dog, you give them two milligrams a day. If you have, uh, obviously, uh, an 80 pound dog, you're giving them, you know, two and a half, t- uh, treats, et cetera. So we sell them, we sell them in tincture form, but we don't yeah. put them on the dog's uh, tongue. We just put them on their kibble directly. And then we also sell a, um, a pet chew, which is a little cylinder, you know, it's like a dog treat. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Very good. So obviously we've talked about how it was so important for you in starting the business and it continues to be so important that you guys have the high quality product. And you've, you mentioned how there are so many not high quality products out there. So how does somebody know whether or not they can trust uh, a CBD product? Is this something they can read on the brand? Is it something they can look up or how does somebody be able to know whether or not they can trust a particular CBD product? Yeah. So that's a super question. That's the first thing I always tell everybody when they come in and say, educate me on CBD. So I always tell them they should ask three questions. You should ask the retailer, where is your hemp being sourced from? Is your product grown in the United States? Who is the supplier of your, of your hemp? If they don't want to tell you that, that's kind of a red flag. You know, we we already talked about ours as Foley and Biosciences, and they're based in Colorado. We so we I would recommend a U.S. based supplier of an, of industrial hemp, and then I would say that two things that are a non-starter if they can't produce it would be what's called the certificates of quality assurance. So when you're when we buy from our supplier, they furnish us with basically lab reports that say this product has no pesticides, this product has no metals, no fillers, it's organically grown. And it's, and it's reading or registering zero for THC. And it's registering for the correct amount of CBD that you're purchasing, right? So if you're buying a 900 milligram CBD bottle, you want to make sure that you're getting 900 milligrams. Yeah. Um, so that would be the first step. The second step is a reputable supplier or seller of CBD will then take that same product and send it out a second time for what they call in the industry third-party lab testing. Mm. And then I will test again. Well, because what you're basically saying is who's keeping the supplier honest? Yeah. So the supplier grows the product, he gives you a test and the reports, we take that product and send it out a second time to double check that the product is right. And then we list all those lab reports on our website and we go as far as stamping the bottles and putting a QR code on the bottle so that all that information can be found by the consumer. Mm. If, if your brand does not do those things, I would be, it would be a red flag for me. Yeah. Could you, I know, I know you just said it, but could you just summarize real quick those three questions one more time? Just for everybody? The first question is, you know, where is your hemp source sourced? From? The second question is, can I see your certificates of quality assurance? Okay. And then who and where does your third party lab testing? Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to kind of go back a little bit to you getting into this in the first place. Sure. I think that a lot of people, 
think they need all the answers before they go into certain situations, before they take on a new endeavor, before they take on a new risk. And I think a lot of times what holds people back from doing that is thinking they need all the answers and they need to figure anything out, figure everything out. And so I also believe that a lot of times you don't know the questions that need to be asked or that the questions that need to be answered until you're actually fully immersed into that situation. So basically kind of what I'm getting at is, was there anything that you didn't really know you had to figure out until you committed to this endeavor of going down, uh, creating this CBD company? Oh, oh, oh boy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's actually funny because you think, you know, so I always say we've made a lot of mistakes, right? right. We, we've made mistakes. Fortunately, we kept the mistakes small, but there were mistakes. So I think the first mistake we made was, okay, we've started a, a company. We found our supplier. Yeah, okay, let's just build a website and then let's go out and buy a ton of product and throw the switch on the website and boom, you're going to sell CBD. Well, guess what? Nobody came knocking. You know, it was, it was like, wow. Okay. That's the first eye opener. Like, you know, you wouldn't really know that until you're kind of in the industry. Right. So you start to learn and you have to learn to, to survive as you're starting this business that there was, you know, most of the stuff to your point is I didn't, I knew nothing about digital marketing, search engine optimization, you know, pay-per-clicks, Google advertising. This was all a foreign concept to me. So you learn as you go because you're forced to learn how to do this, you know, and the mistakes are the little mistakes where you, you know, maybe you, you meet somebody who promises they can do this and that they don't deliver. So there, those are the mistakes you try to keep to a minimum. And then you start to realize what works, what does the consumer want? And that's, what's really important is like, what does the consumer want? What is the consumer searching for? What are the questions they want? So I think a very, very good pivot for our business in particular was, okay, we have this, we have a ton of products sitting in a warehouse we have a website that no one knows exists. And that was when we said, you know what? Let's open up a store, a mm -hmm. store in a shopping mall. People will walk by, they will come in and we can educate them. And that truly was a great move for us when we first started the business. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So the, I, I was going to get into a little bit later, but we'll stick on it now since you brought it up again. So you have this store, this store in West Nyack, New York, right? And the, Pal the Palisade Center. And as you said, sometimes you don't, you don't personally like spending as much time there, but your wife, Karen, loves spending time there and she loves educating people um, and stuff like that. So what has been the the biggest positive impact from having the store that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to have? Yeah. So I think without question that, you know, Karen was instrumental, my wife, and, and pushing for the store. And it was a, a genius move because she said, and she was spot on, that how do we make ourselves any different from any other website if all you see is a website, right? So there's no... There's no way to say like, how do I know what this guy, how do I know this guy is telling me the truth on a website yeah. versus just, he's really good at building a website. So mm -hmm. she said, let's open up a store. People will walk in. We will tell them that we own the business. And if they're not happy with the product, they can bring it back in 30 days. So, and I said, you know, that's really, that really says a lot about what we're doing, right? You can take this product, you can buy it and take it home and rub it on your arm for a month and then come back and say, I didn't like the product and we'll give you your money back. So if you have a store, they know where you are, right? So, so it was, um, it was huge from that sense. And we also quickly realized that the, the consumer was starved for information that mm. they could not get on, um, the internet. So they're searching and they're, they're desperately looking to speak to somebody and say, what is CBD? Will I fail a drug test? Can I get addicted to this? Should, can I take too much? Will it help me with this? 
And those answers aren't being found on the internet. And so the store was a home run for us in that sense. Yeah, I feel like in general, it was kind of just consumer trust because they know who you are. They can go they can go in there and like see the people giving them the information. And like you said, it's they want a lot of people want CBD education and that they can't find online. If they actually cared enough, they could find it online. But at the same time, you don't necessarily know what to know what pieces of information to actually trust. And you can trust an individual much more than just reading an article or just reading a website from that standpoint. So I feel like customer trust was just such a big aspect for you guys. And that kind of leads into the next question. I feel like CBD education probably is one of the big, biggest challenges because sometimes it does get looped in with just like marijuana generally um, because it comes under the same umbrella of cannabis plant. But what do you think is the biggest challenge for the CBD industry just in general moving forward? So moving forward, so the FDA is, you know, I think they were caught off guard here. So the FDA is overseeing, you know, it's, it's a supplement, right? So CBD is a supplement. There's only one approved FDA drug for CBD, for CBD, and it's called Epidilox or Epidilox. And Epidilox was approved and it's used to treat, um, um, Doing the blank here. It's used for children to treat with uh, uh, seizures. There we go. Okay. And um, so that is the only product that's approved for. The FDA is struggling with people who are making out, outlandish claims on the internet of, hey, buy my CBD and it cures everything. And, and so you, anybody who's making, you know, kind of medical claims or any medical claims from CBD is 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 scary for the consumer and it's it's concerning for the fda they're sending out warning letters so i think that the industry needs to consolidate i think you're going to see that a lot of these small players are going to get washed out of the business guys that said hey you know what i'm going to go out and buy 100 gummy bear jars and 50 tinctures and start selling it like a tupperware i think those people are going to be washed out of the business and those that remain are going to have to start doing the right things they're going to have to start you know making sure their product is labeled correctly making sure that they have the certificates and third-party lab testing and all their all their compliance has to be up to date and up to snuff, or the FDA is going to run them out of the business themselves too. So there's there needs to be a shakeout in the industry, consolidation, and CBD has to start not being everywhere with you know five seven thousand brands out there. Yeah, I feel like that also is kind of plays into the fact the reason why people feel like they need education about it because it is everywhere and they're just not sure um, who they can trust and who they can't. Um, so, what do you think? After having, like, you, like we talked about, your background in finance and um, your career there, what do you think is maybe a failure that you had during your financial career, your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial career or investor career that you saw kind of present itself on this new journey of yours that you were like, I'm taking my lesson that I learned here and I'm not going to make the same mistake again? Like, is there anything that maybe comes to mind of like a failure or a screw up that you did in the past that was like, I'm going to learn from it and not make that, let that happen again? Yeah. So one of the things that we decided when we started this business was, so as an investor, one of the things I would see a lot is people would come to me and say, hey, here's my uh, business idea and it, here's a presentation on it. So they would give you a presentation and have all these fancy pictures and their business model. And it would say, here's our projections for sale, blah, blah. And can you give me X amount of money so we can go start this business? And, and many entrepreneurs don't put any skin in the game, right? So they want you to, they want to go to an investor with no money, right. no commitment and say, here's my pretty PowerPoint. Give me the money to do this. 
And then when, when it doesn't work, well, they have no skin in the game. They could care less. They walk away, right? So that was always a turnoff for me as a financial person. So I said to myself, when I do this, I'm going to build it myself with our own money. And then if we need capital down the road, we can go to investors and say, look what we've built. Look at the numbers. Look at our bottle. Feel in touch and come to the store. And we built something. So that was something I learned because I saw so many entrepreneurs in all different industries say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I can build this. Let's raise X amount of money. Your money, not my money. And then I'm going to build this business. And when it doesn't work out, they just walk away from it because there's, there's no skin in the game. So that was yeah. my biggest like, lesson for my old career was before you ask anybody for their money, make sure you, put, make sure you build it yourself with your own money. Yeah, prove to yourself and prove to other people that you're fully committed to actually going to the situation. You're, you're willing to screw up yourself before you're screwing up for a whole lot of other people. That's right. That's right. And, and continue to stay with it. Um, so you, your guys' company, which I love, is so big on customer service. You already talked about how you have that 30-day money-back guarantee. You guys have free shipping. You're so big into customer education. And I think all entrepreneurs, all businesses know that customer support and customer service is really important and something that they need to make sure is of a high priority to them. What do you, what do you think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business people are doing wrong in terms of customer service? Because they know it's important, but obviously a lot of people don't get it squared away. Yeah. So I'll talk about the CBD industry. So I'll give you some of the, so we are like, the one thing that is like non-negotiable for us is white glove customer service. So we literally have our, like we joke around that we're like the Amazon of, of uh, CBD because we ship the same day, which, which, is, yeah. which is unheard of, right? So like if you put an order in right now, as we're speaking, it will go out today and you'll likely get it in two days. The reason we do this is because A, the, consumers, the consumer has been conditioned with Amazon that if they buy something, where is it? I want it the second. All right. The other reason was is that the CBD industry is notorious for you buy a product you know, if you go on other sites and read their reviews, people buy it on November 2nd and it ships on November 10th and they get it on the 16th and people get really upset. So we said, we're going to be, we return all emails, we return all phone calls within 24 hours. We say 24 hours, but it's probably 24 minutes. Like it's literally super high touch. What can we do for you? You know, I always go back to the story about Nordstrom's, right? So Nordstrom's is known for their customer service department store. And if you go to Seattle and look at Nordstrom's headquarters, their company symbol is a car tire. And the reason it's a car tire, you say they sell men's clothing, shoes, women's clothing, blah, blah. The reason they sell car, the reason the car tire is their, their symbol for their store is because somebody walked in with a car tire and said, I bought this car tire here and it doesn't work well on my car. And they say, we don't sell car tires. And the guy said, I bought it here. And he insisted. So they gave the guy his money back, even though he didn't buy it there. So yeah. that always kind of stuck with me, you know, reading that, that story on, on uh, Nordstrom's, that we run that same type of model. Like, if you're not happy with the product, we'll give you your money back. You know, mm -hmm. if, if it got lost, we send you another one. Whether we yeah. lost it or we lost it, we send you another one. And it's just a high-touch model that people then really, really appreciate about us. Yeah, no, I love that. I was actually listening to a podcast today where somebody was telling a, a story from their experience at Chick-fil-A, and a person went in there with a gift card and gave it to them, and she was like, sorry, sir, the gift card has expired and he was like, oh, but like we drove here and we drove across town. And she was like, you know what? Okay, to give you the gift card works. <laughs> and she didn't think twice about it. So I think that's, that's really cool. But 
We've already mentioned now how your wife, Karen, is instrumental in the business um, and loves the business, has a medical background. Um, and what do you think is the biggest thing that she brings to the business that you would not have been able to bring if it was just you or you and somebody else? Yeah. So I would say Karen, without question, is, you know, she's detail oriented, right? So I think I, I like looking at things from the 30,000 square foot view. Okay. She's got, she's like meticulous in her processes. So like on Fridays, she'll be like, okay, she does a complete, like, if it was left to me, I would never like, you know, probably do an inventory, but she's like doing inventory to the, to the jar. Like she could tell you, like, we have the exact amount of these. So every Friday, she does the inventory. She looks through. She compares to what was sold. She places, you know, if we need more products, she's placing orders. So she's very, very meticulous and detail-oriented. And, uh, you know, all of the, the things that you don't see in a business is what she is really good at, right? So it was funny when uh, we were picking the um, – she said to me, uh, you know, we got to get business cards. And she said, what should I put on my business card? And I said, I don't know. Put on whatever you want, you know? So she said – I think I'm going to go with operations. And so that's a kind of like a running joke with us. Like I would say to her, everything falls under operations, right? So like, Hey, Karen, you know, we're having a problem with the, you know, the credit card processing machine, that's operations. So like all the little things, without all kidding aside, all the little things that you don't see credit card processing, making sure there's inventory, making sure we don't run out, making sure customer supports there, you know, delivering and making sure everything is right. All that stuff has to happen by somebody. Yeah. And that person that, you know, is in our role and our organization is Karen. She's super, super, detail oriented and, and nothing falls through the cracks. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because I feel like so many people, that's kind of like the last thing that they want to do and they aren't willing to do that. And that's probably honestly why a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of businesses end up not being successful because they don't have that person. They don't have that process set in place to where they take care of all those small things because maybe they don't present themselves like maybe a, a small screw up doesn't affect your business right away, but a buildup of those things will lead to the, the downfall of the business. Yeah. And so the more we've also found too, I think for the entrepreneurs listening, what we found also is the more stuff that we control directly, the less problems we have. So for example, we used to, we used to have a fulfillment outside fulfillment. So you would buy from us and then the order would go to this warehouse and somebody at the warehouse would, you know, they call it pick and pack. They would pick and pack and ship it for us right? Well, you know, one out of 10 would be wrong. Two out of 10 would be wrong. You'd order a salve for your elbow to hurt and you'd get a gummy bear, right? Yeah. And so then you're complaining and then you got to give you your money back and it costs us dollars. And so we said, you know what? Let's bring it in-house. We got a small warehouse. We brought it in-house. We have our own people that operate that for us. So the more I would always recommend for an entrepreneur, the more that you can control physically yourself within reason, the less you have errors that happen outside of your control. So we always try to do everything as much as possible in house and yeah. not outsource things. So yeah. we own the, ch we own the chain of the process. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important. I don't think it's counter to what you hear a lot, but I think a lot of people talk about the importance of delegation and the importance. If you're not really good at something, then passing it on to somebody else. And I'm not saying that you're saying not that, but what do you, how do you, how do, how as an entrepreneur, do you decide whether or not you should control something and you should bring it in house or you should actually delegate it somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, for, for us, it was something that we didn't want to do, right? It came, it was like born out of necessity. Like, so Nick Carrier orders four 1000 milligram, uh, 
CBD tinctures for his brothers and his parents, and we send him the 500 milligram tinctures. So Nick complains, and Nick got it five days late because they don't ship as fast as we did. And then Nick calls and says, hey, I ordered this and I got that. So we say, oh, we're customer service, so keep that, and we're going to send it to you again. And when it started to affect our business, so looking at it from, as an entrepreneur, when it starts to affect your business, you either have to try to solve it externally or bring it in-house internally. In our case, we not only brought it in-house, and then I was able to start by telling you that if you order before three, it goes out the same day. Uh, we can control it, make the process better, and actually, it ends up saving us money in the long run. We do uh, it more efficiently. Yeah, that's awesome. So before I get into the last couple of questions, is there anything that we've missed in terms of customer education about CBD that I've neglected to ask that you feel is super important that you, that you get out there? Yeah. So one of the things I think that, you know, we have a, we have a guy on our team, uh, Kevin, who's amazing. And one of the things that he came up with is that he started putting on almost every piece that we put out what he calls our, our FAQ. So if you look on our website, he had, he hasn't put it together an education tab. Our education tab is just, an amazing place to go to learn about CBD. So, and every article starts out with an FAQ that's related. So if there's an article on pets and anxiety for uh, with CBD, it starts out with saying, how much CBD should I give my dog? Is CBD bad for my dog? And we answer the most common questions and people really, really, really like that. So I would encourage anybody, whether you're interested in our product or another product, to spend time on our website. There's a treasure trove of information there. Yeah, well, I will 100% back that up because... When preparing for this interview, I wanted to make sure I was more educated on CBD and all I had to do was literally just spend time, spend 30, 45 minutes on that FAQ page and, and read all I could about it. And that's basically how I how I feel relatively competent in terms of describing to other people now. So definitely we'll back you up on that. Um, I, I kind of want to stay with the, with the entrepreneur space a little bit in the sense that I think that becoming the best version of yourself one of the really important things in order to become the best version of yourself is you have to kind of visualize what that person looks like or what you want, what do you want to create, who you want to be before, and then make that person a reality and, and, and reverse engineer that person, if you will. And I just think that vision part of it is super important. And I think it's super important for a, for a business too. So how do you go about creating the vision for where you want your business to be down the road? So yeah, super question. I mean, I think, I mean, I think what I'm hopeful will happen with this business is that we're able to, you know, continue to expand, continue to get our reach out there. And I think that, you know, just a simple, simple statement that we try to treat, we do treat everybody how we'd like to be treated ourselves, right? And that's so important that if we treat people with compassion, like we, when people come into our store, it's really, you know, it's compassion, you know, and, and I can't tell you how many times that people have come into our store and said, you know, I really want to get this, but you know, it's a cost and we'll say, Oh, you know, we happen to have a sale today and we just do the right thing. I mean, people, we try to treat people really well and you find that it does come back to you in spades, right? So you treat people well, you give them a very pleasant experience and you, you offer a high end quality product. And I think those are the harder things. And I think the rest of it kind of just falls in place to an extent. So yeah. if you have a great product and you have great customer service and you're compassionate to your, 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 your employee, your, uh, your customers, you're going to have a very successful business, right? And you, you work hard and you treat people fair. You get that in kind. I love it. I love it. Well, Alex, I want to acknowledge you because I think that originally from 
you wanting to invest in the space because you see the importance of it and you see the benefit to people and then not finding that right fit. I want to acknowledge you for being able to take that risk and actually go just create it yourself, making sure that there was that high quality CBD product, THC free, um, that people had access to. Um, and I think it's really cool how you come from a place of not just trying to shove it down people's throat, um, by seeing how many milligrams people can take, but you want to make sure people, Take the, the proper amount, like you said, 25 milligrams a day is the, is the right serving. And I've heard you before say that you want to just make sure that you tell people to ease into it when you start. And your, the importance that you place on customer education and customer service is something that, uh, is second to none. And I think it's super admirable as the quality I see in you. You know, Nick, one thing I'd like to leave your audience with, I think this is important. I just, I did glance over it, but it's worth mentioning as a wrap up here. So when you asked when you asked me about what should people be aware of, and we talked about the, the the testing and lab reports, the other thing that everybody should be very very aware of is that on Amazon there are companies out there that are I'm going to use for lack of a better word I'm going to call a spade a spade. They're tricking people into thinking they're buying CBD, mm. but they're not selling CBD is not permitted to be sold on Amazon. So what they're doing is they're getting a bottle and they put a leaf on it, they make it look like a marijuana leaf, and they say this is hemp seed oil right? Hemp seed oil has no medicinal value. It's seeds of the plant. They're, again, zero medicinal value. They're pressed into an oil and it's been sold at grocery stores for 50 years and it's of no value and people buy it there. So just, you know, Mm. consumer beware, buy your CBD from a reputable brand, do your research, make sure they have all the right testing. And again, you can't buy it on Amazon. Gotcha. Well, again, you're all about all about the customer and making sure they know what they what they are getting themselves into. So I appreciate that. Well, everybody, make sure that you go support them at palmorganics.com with an X, uh, and then on all the social medias too: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. And then if you're up there in New York, I do have a decent chunk of listeners up there in New York. So the Palisade Center in West Nyack, New York, is where you can find the store. Is it just called Palm Organics? The store? Yep, it's called Palm Organics. We're on the first floor, right by Macy's. You can't miss us. Perfect. Well, good deal. Well, good deal. Well, Alex, the last question that I like to ask people is I think the becoming the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I think we're always chasing down that person and trying to get more and more clarity on who that person is and how can, how we can become that person. And I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to become the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you become the best version of yourself. So the way I want to end and the question I want to ask you is for you personally, if you could currently work on or do three things to get closer to the best version of yourself, to get closer to that best version of Alex Herrera you could possibly be, what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Yeah, so I think that's a super question. So, you know, I, we talked about it before we went on the air. I have a son who's the same age as you. I have four children. So I would say the one thing I'm trying to do, which is super important to me, is try to balance, you know, my time with my kids and my time with my work. So work has been, for anybody who started a business, has been all-consuming. And then the trick is, and you'll appreciate this more than me, is how do I get their time when they when I'm when I want it? Because the kids are just so busy themselves. So you know, with the Instagram and the phones and their social media, kids are going a million miles an hour. So just trying to balance my work, marriage, and and uh, kids' life would be something I think I could work on trying to even do a little bit better. Okay. That's one. I got to get two more out of you. You got to get two more out of me? And two more out of you. So I would say the next thing I would tell you is that I've, you know, I think uh, keeping myself fit or trying to get fit, you know, I've, I, I've found that um, I got into this vicious cycle of, you know, going to sleep, waking up, standing in front of a computer, you know, eating three meals, just, you know, 
shoving them down my throat so I could stay more in front of the computer and going to sleep. So the second thing I did, which is most recently, was I committed to join a gym. So uh, I'm exercising. I feel better, although my legs are would, would not you know would not agree with that. I'm kind of dying here. <laughs> I'm the guy in the back in the spin class getting yelled at by the instructor. So uh, exercise would be two. And then I guess just, um, you know, uh, so number three, let's see, what else could I be doing number three to be better? I guess just, you know, trying to, you know, be a good son to my parents and, and my sisters and brothers and just try to be, you know, there for, uh, you know, my sisters have younger kids and mine are older now. So, you know, just remembering and being concerned with what they had going on because I remember being there myself. Mm. Gotcha. I love it. Well, I appreciate it, Alex. That's all we got today. Nick, this is a great show. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Good deal. So there it is, guys. All things CBD boiled down into a 45-minute podcast episode just for you. I hope you guys learned a lot about CBD in this episode and have thought about whether or not you think CBD might be beneficial to you in your life. I hope you got some nuggets of wisdom from his lessons in entrepreneurship as well. Make sure if you're interested in trying out some Palm Organics products that you go to palmorganics.com and use code BESTYOU at checkout to get 20% off your order. Again, palmorganics.com and use code BESTYOU. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave it a quick review on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Make sure you share it with a friend who's thought about using CBD before or who does use CBD. Remember to do your research before trying out a CBD product or a brand. You've got to know whether or not you can trust the source, which kind of products is best for you and how much to actually take. And for those entrepreneurs out there, put your own skin in the game first. Don't just rely on funding from someone else if you're not willing to bet on yourself first. But for now, it's time, guys. It's time to go out there and take action and get closer and closer to your best you.